You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, Episode 51, Selling. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. It is amazing to be back, and welcome back to you. I like to be back and home, to be back and off, to be back at the microphone and recording. This truly is the summer of amazing, and it started off as driven by courage, like really thinking about how to drive my life forward, how to drive my coaching forward, how to drive the practice of medicine forward. And then it's evolved into really seeking out joy, looking for it, and then more loving my life and like really truly being invested in it and asking the question, how can I love my life more? So this is the summer of a ton of different things, not just one theme. So in looking at that question, how can I love my life more? It's a funny question, right? Like I can think back to a year ago when I wanted every day to be amazing. Like I wanted to answer when people would say, how are you doing? I wanted to say I'm amazing and really believe it. Like genuinely answer and I couldn't because my mind would come up with all the reasons that it wasn't amazing. Why it was okay or solidly good enough or why I was just getting there. It's been a work in progress on my mindset, and it's taken about a year to really let go of being irritated and frustrated and living in that land of not quite enough and crossing over through the waters into the land of more than enough and to smile and look around and think this is amazing and how can I make it even more? What else is there? I took last week off. Did you notice? Could you tell? Part of my amazing summer includes working in the hospital, and I'm so glad for it, like truly to be back, to be able to serve. I forgot what it was like. And when I signed up for the shifts, I signed up for seven initially. I was like, oh yeah, no big deal. And then two more opened up that were right at the tail end. And I was like, oh, what's two more? Of course, everything in the future sounds okay at the time. (laughs) And I forgot what it's like. It's really doesn't allow for anything else. Like, so my thinking of, I'll just do a little bit each day. I'll get the next episode out. No, not even a little bit. And you know what? It's okay. The sky didn't fall. No one was harmed. I missed a week and I decided I really like my reasons for it. I really like to just focus on this. And it's given me more material to work with. <laughs> Meaning more thinking about what was going on and the nuances of, of interactions or patient care or whatever. It's given me more to think about and I'm glad for it. Why are we talking about selling today? 
because it's something that we are all doing all the time. That's what cracks me up. My whole life, until a few months ago when it really dawned on me, I would tell you I hate sales. I don't want any part of it. I could never be a salesperson. Like salesperson was right up there with bus driver, not me. But let me tell you, we are all salespeople all of the time. And I'll show you why and how. So going back to last week, I worked with a medical student for five days in a row, Michael, an amazing guy. He's a new third year student, which means he's had a couple of years under his belt to learn the basics of a physical exam, of some pathophysiology, of being in a clinic or working with patients or, you know, just kind of dipping the toe in the water to understand this is graduate school. This is really working on a profession. This is no longer undergraduate time. Even as a third year though, it is new and clunky, like having to start practicing thinking like a doctor and practicing the practice of medicine. So it's a vocabulary. It's putting in that it's the hands-on clinical skills assessment. It's the making a problem list and then putting in what you can do about things as best as somebody can. It's not being scared and then presenting it. So taking all of that, summarizing it and presenting in a way that's coherent. It's new. It's clunky. So let me go straight to the punchline. Michael did a phenomenal job. All right, back to the beginning of the story. (laughs) Not just the ending. So we started the week. Here's how it started. Michael, here are the ground rules for working with me. First, we're going to be patient-focused in everything that we do. And our system is not designed to be patient-focused, so we really have to look at how we can do it. We really have to pay attention to our patients, see what they need, see what they're asking us, look at what they're not asking us, and then start to question why. Communicate in a way that makes sense to them and communicating with anyone else that they ask us to because it's scary to be in the hospital. And we always want to make sure that they understand and that they agree that we're not doing things to them, we're doing things with them. And we're always painting the picture of what the time is like, what the conditions need to be for them to go home or for them to move on to whatever's next for them. That was first. Here's second. We're going to have an amazing experience and see what we can learn together. All right, those are the rules. (laughs) And here's what else I shared. I have the best patients in the hospital and you are going to see it. So we set up the format of how we were going to work together. He would see the patient first. He'd look at the chart if he thought that was necessary or helpful. He would summarize what he saw, what he found, and and then put it in a step-by-step plan, and we were going to review everything. So subjectively, objectively, looking at the data, and then coming up with an impression and plan. And we had very complex patients, so it's asking a lot. Let me just say that this is pretty standard as far as medical care for hospitalist medicine. There's no magic in what we just covered. So he did just that. And then we reviewed everything. We walked in. We started with the patient from where he left off. I summarized, did my own exam, talked with the patient, answered questions, talked about the plan, 
Can you feel the magic? Mm, Probably not yet. Again, we're still pretty standard clinical teaching. But here's the magic. When we walked out of the room, I would say again, I have the best patients in the hospital. And I would say it a few times during each day. And then I would follow it with what made that patient great, what they taught us, what they showed us, if there was something interesting or unique about their life, whatever it is that I knew, if they were a veteran, and let me just tell you, we had an awesome veteran patient who had amazing service. We talked a little bit about their military service. And here's the magic. The magic is the person that we served people We were honored to be part of their experience in the hospital. Yes, they needed a doctor. Yes, they were randomly assigned to somebody. They were randomly assigned to us. But we got to be part of their experience. We got to help influence it or help move along their condition or treat their condition. Help them get home. Pretty amazing. That's the magic. And by the end of the first day, you know what he said? You do have the best patients. I know. I know. And here's what I would say to patients. There's a medical student working with me. Is it okay if he comes to see you tomorrow? You're going to love him. And the answer uniformly was yes. Like, how could you say no to that? And you know what? The patients did love him. And in fact, two of them were really sad on his last day. They were thanking him for being part of their care. They were telling him how wonderful he's going to do and that they were so glad he worked with them. I'll be honest, I meant every single word of what I said, both to Michael and to the patients. I really do have the best patients in the hospital, but it's not magic. And I explained this to Michael on the last day. There is no magic. There are ingredients And he can use these ingredients any time to create anything that he wanted, whether it's patient care or not. And even as a medical student, these are the ingredients. When we believe we have the best patients, here's what happens. We see them as the best right from the beginning. They have nothing to prove to us. We have an infinite amount of patients because these are the best people. We continually look for the best within them. And we build on that. We treat them as the best in how we communicate with them or their families or the rest of our team. We are always thinking about them and we are looking for the best in ourselves. We don't leave things to chance. We follow through because that's what the best requires. And you know what? Our patients felt it. They saw it. And you know how they treated us? Like we're the best. That's a powerful team. We could have had any patient list in the hospital and used these same ingredients to create the experience. And it would have worked out the same way. And the magic is what we bring, how we serve, what we do. There is no magic. And you know what I am? I am a salesperson. I am selling my belief system to Michael, to my patients. I'm selling that I have the ability to to teach, to learn, 
to direct medical care in a way that I see as effective, efficient, and safe. I'm selling my belief that I can discuss with them when I don't get it right. When I detect a problem or when I'm the problem, I'm selling them that I have the ability to follow through and be there every step of the way, no matter how uncomfortable. That's selling. Sometime this year, it dawned on me in the clinic how much selling we do as doctors, how we're selling our belief system all the time when we propose a diagnosis or a workup or a treatment, and sometimes when we don't have a diagnosis. How we sell it can invite people in to be part of the discussion, to be part of weighing the risks and the benefits, or how we sell it can be really repelling so that they leave. They don't want any part of it. We can sell our certainty or our uncertainty, our fear or our doubt, but we're always selling. Our patients are almost always reading us. And I say almost always because some patients, they just come in and they say, I'll do anything you want. Just tell me what to do. These patients scare me, by the way. And I slow way down, like hold on. I'm glad you're willing, but we have really got to make sure that we know what we're doing, that you know what you're buying when we come up with a plan, because we're not here to just sell something. The goal in looking at things this way is so that I am so very clear on what I am adding, how I am phrasing things, so that I'm not just selling something but I am selling a belief system and then formulating with a person how we can get there so that every conversation is filled with equal power and information because these are people's lives. I don't want them to just buy something. There are positives and negatives to everything that we do in life and especially everything we do in medicine. So I don't want people to just buy. I want them to be informed consumers. Really the only thing that I want them to buy is my belief system that we will walk together. I had a patient a few years ago that took an antibiotic for acne, an antibiotic that I prescribed, a very common one at the usual starting dose And within a month, developed a serum sickness-like reaction. So this meant very unusual rashes. They would occur at different times, different places, and sometimes some very uncomfortable places. There was joint swelling, fatigue, some other uncomfortable symptoms too. And it's an adverse reaction, a rare one, a frustrating one. Even with steroids, it still took weeks for the symptoms to go away. And I'm thankful there were no internal problems, meaning no liver injury, no kidney injury. So these changes, these symptoms were annoying, but not life-threatening. That is reinforcement to me that when someone comes to me, when they have a problem they want solved, I have a toolbox to draw from. I'm going to show the options like this. Here's option A. Here's the benefits and the risks. Here's option B. 
Same thing, benefits, risks. Here's option C. This is what it looks like if we do nothing. And be very clear if I have a strong opinion on what to do or not do that I share it. And I share it knowing that I am selling something. But ultimately what I want to sell, it's at the level of a belief. And here's the beliefs that I always want to be selling. We can figure this out. We can work together. We can work through this. We may not get it right the first time. We are working on the short game and the long game because this is about your health. That's the selling. It's not on the exact treatment. And many times, I will tell you this happens more often than not, when I start to work through the options, that either through the patient's questions or through just discussing it, we come up with better options than I even had thought about because it comes from the level of the belief. We can figure this out. We are working together. And I will tell you, we are always selling our beliefs. Right now I'm working on a journal for a conference, so I'm flipping over to the coaching hat. And I'm selling my belief that this journal will make the participants experience even better. That by opening it, following through with the prompts, reflecting on the experience that they individually can find all the ingredients to create an amazing experience at home that they can repeat over and over again, that the conference is magical, but it doesn't require the conference to find the magic. Isn't that amazing to have something that's repeatable at home? If you think about your life, or let me rephrase it, as you think about your life, as you think about what you're selling, what is it? Because you're selling all the time. And if you see yourself in that light, what does that change for you? It's kind of like the question that I've asked in the past, who am I becoming? So ask yourself this, what am I selling? By doing this, what am I selling? By not doing that, what am I selling? What are the belief systems that are showing up? What are you not selling and why aren't you selling it? If you're just getting by, why? Why are you selling that your capability is limited? If you're selling yourself short, really think about that. Because it's more common than not. If you're selling yourself short, what is that saying about your belief system in you? We're all salespeople. And what we say, what we do, and really what we do is speaks louder than anything else. And what we consume and what we share, we are always selling. And here's what I'm selling. Anyone can have a phenomenal life, even in the smallest town in Texas. No matter what your life looks like today, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it can be vastly different. There's no magic. 
It's intentional behavior repeated over time. And it's always starting with a mindset that cultivates open communication. I work in a Catholic hospital as a hospitalist occasionally, and I love it. It's my faith system. And I'm continually reminded that it's on purpose. This patient, this staff member, this question is coming up because that's the work for me to do. And I'm selling others on the belief that of course they're supposed to ask me. Of course they're not supposed to know. Of course the question is coming up. Because my belief system is that's how we keep people safe. And I constantly want to sell that. This is how we take care of people. So I encourage you to look at your life. Look at your thinking. Look at what you're selling. When you say no, what are you selling? When you say yes, what are you selling? When you say that you don't have enough money, what are you selling? When you say you don't have enough time, what are you selling? Or what about that you just don't have the patience or you don't want to start again? What are you selling? And is that really what you want to believe? That time, back when I wanted to say that I was doing amazing, but I really wasn't, it's because my mind countered with all the reasons why I wasn't. And I was selling myself on what's not possible. I was selling myself that things are available to other people, but not me. I was selling myself short. Look at your language. Look at how you feel when you respond. And then take the next step and challenge it. Why not you? Why not you that has an abundance of time, money, energy, creativity? Why not? What do you really have to lose? You know, when you sell yourself on this, you're going to be absolutely amazed at what opens up. Honestly, sell yourself on the best, the best within you, even if you've never experienced it before. Sell yourself on the best in others, and it's amazing how differently you will treat them and see them and enjoy them. Sell yourself on infinite potential and possibilities, because why not you? Why not me? So sell your belief system first and foremost to you because it's ultimately about you. That's what's going to lead to mastery in whatever you do. And that's what's going to be the fuel for those times that are slow, those times you fall down, those times that are clunky and uncomfortable, you know, the times of growth and change. Sell you and your belief in you. And you too will be saying that you're doing amazing. You have the best patience. You have an amazing life. You can still want more. You never have to give that up. I am so glad that you're here today. Thank you for sharing this experience with me. Thank you for dipping your toe into the pool of seeing yourself as a salesperson. I would love to hear what that opens up for you because that's 
everything about life. It's opening new doors, it's trying things on, and it's moving down the road to phenomenal. High five, all my best, and I will see you next time. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.